0: Hello, and welcome to the Pondering Theologian Podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. In today's episode, I want to look at another parable um it's called the parable of the pharisee and the tax collector uh comes from luke chapter 18 verses 9 through 14 and i will read that in just a moment um the essentially what i want to look at as we're going through is where do we think just a little bit too highly of ourselves Um, So keep that in the back of your mind as we go through. Uh, Without further ado, here is that parable from Luke. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed thus. Rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but the one who humbles himself will be exalted um, <clears throat> so as some of you know I worked in various management roles for uh, auto parts company for a number of years uh, in that company I was lucky enough to work with many professionals and peoples from different places around the world from lots of different experiences Um, Everyone from former Navy Seals, uh, Fortune 500 leaders, corporate uh, executives, small business owners, high school students, retirees, and many facets in between. Most people I worked with, uh, either, either managing them or my peers, knew that we were just people, you know, working in retail for a big corporation. They came in, learned their job, lived their lives, and sometimes moved on. I learned a lot from people who had been managers and leaders for decades. They came in, were happy to share wisdom, tricks of the trade, translate corporate language, and just be good, kind humans. Uh, They carried themselves differently. Um, And when challenged, they rarely toted their accomplishments or bragged. Uh, They would talk and advise as much as needed, but they were respected more for their willingness to take out the trash clean the toilets and otherwise you know could do some not fun work sometimes hard work some people however uh, wore their titles on their sleeves they're uh they're the people that you might refer to as those who had all bark and no bite Um, at one location i worked at it was near this business school so we got a lot of people who were either in the school or had just graduated and they wanted to go right into management And they would come in and apply, and when they did not get offered a management position, necessarily, they would begrudgingly accept this entry-level sales position, or they would walk away angrily. Um, There was multiple individuals that I worked alongside that talked for hours about how it was wrong that they were not a manager, they did not carry the respect that their uh, sales manager title awarded them or something of the like. Um, one guy uh, went on for eight hours one day about how when the company recognized his genius and talent, he was going to change the world. Uh, he acted and voiced, uh, you know, there were many in management not qualified to be there, including our store manager and district manager. And that so many people were below his talent level, his knowledge pool, and that others were just not worth his time. Um... When he was given the chance to become a store manager, he, uh, he pushed away so many people that in under a year at his store, uh, most people had quit or transferred and he couldn't find anyone to replace them because his rep- reputation, um, just of his attitude and his store performance was just really poor. Um, and when he asked him about it, he would blame those people who had quit or who did not want to come work for him, um, you know, saying he you know, you can't, can't find people to work. Um, in the end, it is evident in this situation um, that you can only talk about action without embodying it for so long before everyone knows the truth about who you are, and no one likes to be treated like they're, you know, like they're little or not worth it. And in the scripture from Luke, we have this parable, uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Uh, The Pharisees could be very pious and were leaders and teachers and held a position that gave them respect and fear sometimes from the people. I have an episode about Pharisees um, came out a couple months ago that would be a good follow up after this episode if you're curious about more about Pharisees. But the last thing you would want was for a Pharisee to point out how you were out of line with scriptures. That being said, these were still leaders that connected people to the Torah or the First or Old Testament and their heritage. So Pharisees were very important to people who took their faith seriously and their Jewish identity. Many people would work to be in good standings and be respected or recognized by the Pharisees people like uh, Nicodemus, um, who, if you read John chapter 3, met with Jesus, and he was a powerful and faithful person who did good in the world, and there are other people like uh, Nicodemus. And then, of course, we all know that there, if you're familiar with the story of Jesus, there were power-hungry hypocrites, um, and those were the Pharisees who sought to have Jesus executed. The tax collector in this parable, um, well, just in general in that time, the tax correct collector was like the IRS for us today, um, here in America anyway. Uh, they were not generally people's favorite person. The tax collectors generally were Jewish men who the Romans would employ to collect the taxes that they levied. These were territorial taxes as well as taxes to go all the way up to Rome for the emperor and other things in between. everything was was taxed and the tax collectors would often skim some off the top of what they collected or they would add a percentage hike for themselves specifically from the people so the the tax collectors were not favored in any means they were treated as traitors cheaters outsiders and just not liked out of fear of retaliation and some form of taxes or uh, being reported to rome um as dissenters, the tax collector was often given some level of surface respect. Um, you know, if uh, you go and look up the story of Zacchaeus, you can see um, Zacchaeus didn't really have friends. People questioned Jesus' decision to even eat a meal with tax collectors. They were that unliked by society. So now it says at the start of this parable he told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt so this was not just confident people or people who knew their stuff or know where their hope comes from or know where their faith is or their hearts or salvation anything like that these are people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt because of that. And the Greek word for contempt um, here is a, a form of the word reject. Uh, ex, yeah, exithenio. Um, and it can be translated as to neglect, to disregard, to make a small account, to despise, multiple ways of saying that they thought that they were good people like good godly people and they thought that there were people lower than them many people perhaps in their eyes so we have this crowd of pretty proud-minded peoples and jesus shares this story we have the pharisee someone who is higher you know position in society than the rest they'll power education rank above a lot um as i said the pharisee was someone who people would become friendly with try to get close to and gain that appreciation or acknowledgement around them in some way. And we have this tax collector, someone viewed as scum, a traitor, someone who people would avoid. Now, the Pharisee, I imagine, stood uh, right in the proper place to pray, though it says just off a little bit. So if there were other people there, he just kind of stepped away, gave himself a little bit of space, but still probably close to the altar, you know. Not necessarily altar, but to the, the proper place to pray so everyone could see, but not next to everyone else. And Jesus gives us their inner monologue, their prayer to God. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. Essentially, this prayer is, thank you, God, I'm not like other people. Thank you that I am good. Thank you that I am not lowly. That I am not a sinner like this tax collector guy. I mean, then it continues. Look at what I'm doing, God. Look what I do. I am truly a righteous person. The tax collector, on the other hand, would not. It says they stood far off. So perhaps just within the boundary. You know, if, if you've been in a church imagine someone standing in the narthex and uh, at least in my home church there's doors big wood doors i imagine them standing out there with the doors shut but if you're not familiar with a, an old architecture style church just someone way in the back not even wanting to enter the sanctuary it says he would not raise his head so standing way in the back Doors may be shut, not even looking through the glass into the sanctuary. And the tax collector's prayer is conversation to God. Has God be merciful to me, a sinner? And that's it. Six words. And Jesus states, this man went home. He went down from the temple to his house, away from others, justified rather than the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts themselves will be humbled but the one who humbles themselves will be exalted everyone who is proud who boasts to others and to god that they are good everyone who lives themselves above others will be humbled maybe not today you know some people think that a lot of these things people won't be corrected till the time of judgment and maybe that that is it when we give accounts of our lives when we have to explain what we did or why we did it. Uh, Perhaps, though, for some of us, it's when we fall on our face and others will all see what we have done or are happy that for once we were brought down to everyone else's level. Everyone who is lofty in how they act will be humbled. Those, however, that humble themselves before God and before others will be lifted up, will be exalted, will be praised. So when we think of our lives, what characters do we exhibit? What things do we do in the the way that we do? And this might not be an all the time thing, sometimes only in specific moments. This was kind of what I'm wanting us to consider even. But for those of us who act like the Pharisee, can you identify it? Perhaps it is the way that you think of other groups of people. Consider those without housing or those in prison. They did something. This is their just reward. I'm sure of it. I would never act like that or be brought down to that level. Or consider those who are constantly in and out of rehab and correctional facilities. I would never get hooked on something like drugs or alcohol. I would never rob someone from For those who did not finish school, those who cannot get a job, those who vote differently than you, those who live in the city, those who live in the country, those who live in the projects and Section 8 housing, do you look down on people in those situations? If someone has to go to a food pantry or are the recipients of clothing drives, do you think little of them or assume that they did something wrong that led them to being in those positions? I admittedly have had thoughts lesser about people because I thought I would never allow myself to do anything or end up allowing whatever happened to them to happen to me. And these are moments where we have exalted ourselves above someone else. And it's not super complicated. It's just a matter of, or it's not always super you know, proud boastfully. It's sometimes just those moments in our head where we think about other people like that. Consider how you think of what happens in your local government. How people run it. You know, the people run it, who do run it. Do you ever think less of them because they made a choice you do not like or agree with? Or how about your local church, your local or uh, regional church leadership? You know, or a, a church different than you. I you know, I don't agree with everything that happens in in my regional local or even the church that I attend. And it's hard not to think just a little bit sour about another person in those situations. And it's even harder in those moments not to allow ourselves to think that we are better than them in some way. Or to talk condescending to those people. You know, did they hear what they did over there? We would never do something like that. And we have our, our, our shit in order. And I do not offer all these things, these situations and places and so on to try and make anyone feel bad. I do I want you to think about what it is that you do and how you talk and think about others and how you pray for them and how you pray about them. You know, how do you pray about others? I hate to tell you this, you can talk in whatever inner or outer voice and tone you want. You can talk with, with as many 50 cent words or big words as you want. God knows what you are actually saying and what you are filtering out. And it's not easy sometimes to pray earnestly for others. Sometimes we simply choose not to pray for them because well, someone else will, I'm sure. Or we pray in lines with that whole, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all thing. And the problem problem with that is that we still are called to pray for everyone, especially those we have issues with or those that we think have become our enemy or something like that we're still called to love and to pray for those people. And these are not prayers to make, you know, them think like me, act like me, or dang it, Jesus, just make them do what I want. These are the prayers where we are honest with God. Dear God, so-and-so is really making me mad. They keep doing their own thing, and it just isn't going to work, and I don't know how to work with them. I struggle to love them because they're just so darn stubborn. That is not an example of a condescending prayer. That prayer simply expresses your feelings without trying to change the person or look down on them or prayer. And it highlights that you don't know what to do. You need help. You need guidance. You need something. But you're not trying to make the other people smaller than you. Perhaps when, you, when in that example you talk about being just so darn stru- uh stubborn but it's still depending how you say it can be done in a loving way the pharisee type prayer though puts others down and highlights how they are in contrast to you and if if that is your prayer where you're making yourself bigger than someone else you are thinking too highly of yourself all of us have fallen short of the glory of god None of us are God, none of us can be God, nor will we ever be God. We will always make mistakes, mess up, and be wrong about many things in our lives. Your mistake, your being wrong about something might be different than someone else's, but that does not make you better than them. You will, again, be humbled at some point. And sometimes it's not, a massive like fall flat on your face sort of thing um you know i was recently leading a meeting and i was so busy leading up to it that i didn't prep notes about an important issue i figured i would be able to wing it and that i could get to the pertinent details when i got to that part of the meeting i started and gave like a 30 second rundown of what had been probably 10 months or more of work and events and then the following five minutes were my my colleagues and filling in all of the important information that I forgot and and making me realize just how much I needed to apologize for not being prepared enough to do justice to the topic. I was humbled and thankfully was addressed all in a loving, caring way. But sometimes we have to step back and be honest with ourselves and with God. We are not perfect. We never will be. No matter how many years you've been a Christian, there's something for you to learn, to be better at, to understand. No matter how many years you practice a skill or something of the like, even if you get the title or or honor of mastering that thing, there will be something new, some different way to do it, or the industry or whatever will pivot and take a different direction and we will have to keep learning. None of us can ever in all honesty look down on others about anything and be justified. Your condescension is not justified. Your contempt is not justified. And so my question for y'all today is where are you exalting yourselves over another? Where are you exalting yourself over another? Where are you lifting yourself up over others? Where are you looking down on someone else for some reason? There's something called the seven levels of why. Um, And it's where you start with a question and then you ask why you gave that answer. And after you answer that question, uh, that question's why you ask, why did you give that answer? Why that answer to the first why? And the idea is, by the time you get to the seventh why, often that is the more true motivation, the more pure motivation, or the more uh, the actual reason why for what you are doing. So, if you trust someone else, I challenge you to have them ask you why as you answer this question, or write it down. You know, who am I? where am I exalting myself over others? And then ask seven times why. It'll be aggravating. You know, I dislike the process, but every time I have done it, uh, in whatever the topic is, I've learned something about myself. The last time my wife and I sat down and did this, by the time we were done, I was like angry on the edge of tears. Um, But it is a process that's meant to make you think a little bit more about it. Where are you exalting yourselves over another? Where are you lifting yourself up over another? Where are you looking down on someone else for any reason? The point of this exercise is to make you look at the ways, the people and such that you are putting down the ways and the places that you're exalting yourself. So, you know, not only where are you doing this, but why? Why are you doing this? You know, sit down today, you know, find 20 minutes at least to reflect on this, you know. Set if you're at home, set your oven or your microwave timer. Don't run your microwave by it's, you know, empty. But use the timer function or your egg timer or use your smartphone, set a timer. And as always, I recommend you do it today, because if you're like me, you'll forget by tomorrow. Where are the things that you are exalting yourself above others? Where are you looking down on others and why are you doing it? We're not ever going to make progress towards loving our neighbors, our siblings in Christ, our fellow creations, all in the image of God, until we can look at them on an even plane, eye to eye, where we belong. that's where we're going to call it today. I, I hope that you will do this exercise. Just sit down and look at it, because at some point you will realize that there's someone that you think just a little bit down on, or you talk a little bit condescending to, or you think just a little ill about those people. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, um, you know, climate change people, Black Lives Matter... It, there, there's something somewhere where you were looking down on someone why are you doing it like I said we'll call it there today I could go on for a while um, I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode as well as how you handled kind of asking yourself and examining these questions did you use the seven levels of why was it useful to you I would love to know um, your thoughts on this or any previous episodes or what you would love to hear in the future. Down in the show notes is all the contact for the podcast. You can go over to the website, comment on a post over there, go to social media, email. I would love to hear from you. As always, I hope that you were doing well. Know that God loves you so much. There's nothing that you or anyone else can ever do about that.